Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Paralegal Mastery Lounge podcast. Jacqueline Foster here coming to you with a freelance paralegal episode on scaling. Um, now, I've titled this, I've scaled my freelance paralegal business to six figures. Now what? And the reason why I titled it that is because once you get your freelance paralegal business to six figures, and I, I trust me when I say this, you're going to find if you commit to it, if you're staying persistent, you will scale to six figures fairly quickly. If you really, really commit to what you're doing every single day. And I believe that one of the biggest, if not the biggest challenge to getting to that first six figure mark is more on personal development than it truly is on developing business acumen, uh, professional development, strategy, business strategy, business development. I really do believe after watching many paralegals that have gone through my courses, hit their six-figure marks, it's more a mental game in the beginning than anything. But one thing stands really, really true. And like I always say, I like to meet my listeners where they're at. So one thing does stand really true is that once you get to that six-figure mark and then maybe you scale it to 200,000 and then you're getting to 250. You start to see that year-over-year -year growth shrink a little bit, and you're feeling a little bit plateaued, meaning I, I feel like I've hit my cap. Maybe I've done a $30,000 month, but I just can't seem to break the thirty-five, dollars or I, don't, I can't seem to break into the $40,000. It's a really common thing that happens in all businesses, even not just freelance paralegal businesses or paralegal businesses. It's every business out there will start hitting that plateau. Because it stands very, very true that what got you to a hundred thousand isn't going to get you to three hundred thousand, isn't going to get you to four hundred thousand, beyond, beyond, beyond. So what we want to start talking about here is as you get into your six figures, now what? What do I need to be focusing on? What do I need to be developing within myself? How do I need to be changing my business acumen and where do I go from here? So before my listeners who have not developed to six figures yet that are wanting to start a freelance paralegal business or have already started one and just quite aren't there yet, please still listen to this episode. There's nothing more beneficial than knowing what will be, I shouldn't say a challenge, but what will be something you need to focus on as you develop your business because then doing it before you're actually there. Because if I would have known the struggles or the hurdles or the things I had to control or take over or fix or revamp in my business beyond my multiple six figures uh, now or then, I probably wouldn't have hit them as hard and it wouldn't have been so challenging. So a lot of these things I'm going to say, I'm going to refer back to if you haven't quite hit those um, six figures yet. I want to, I'll take a pause and tell you what you should be doing now to make it easier once you get to that multiple six figure mark and you want, or that once you get to that six figure and now you want to scale beyond into the multiple six figure and beyond. So again, I've had countless educational materials out there. If you guys have been a follower of me, follower of my, you know, initiatives, Paralegal Mastery Lounge, you know, I have blogs, webinars podcast episodes, 
all of these things that guide you on the journey to start a freelance business that is scalable, meaning you might've already started it, but you still will find value in my content because we want to make businesses that are scalable, uh, not just businesses that, you know, start and stop exactly where you put them day one. So I wanted to dedicate today on what to do once you've scaled it to six figures and feel like you're stuck there on a plateau, wanting to hit multiple six figures and beyond. So let's start by talking on overcoming challenges in the growth phase phases. And actually in my Dell Trust in my staffing agency. Obviously, you if you've seen my marketing on that side, my blogging, my podcast episodes, um, appearances, my webinars, you'll know I talk about businesses are always in growth phases. So it, it creates this funny kind of marketing material of if you're a law firm in a growth phase, we are here to help you, right? Because you're always growing, whether that's growing to your first, you know, year to your third year, to your second employer, to your fifth employee, to your 10th employee, to your hundredth employee, you're growing, right? So we're always in growth phases. Now, what becomes more prominent in the growth phase from your first six figures to multiple six figures is managing your workload. Because as you scale your business, you're going to become busier with those tasks that are beyond the paralegal work. So if you're making more money, you're obviously acquiring more clients, right? Congratulations. Your branding, marketing, and referral generation are working, but holy crap, you are overburdened with work. Ver you know, paralegal work as well as the administrative work. Um, the running the business, the financials, the intake, the onboarding, the sales calls, the client relationship management, all of those things that business owners have to do to keep their businesses afloat beyond just the actual work product they are delivering to the client. So now more than ever, as you find yourself onboarding and working with more clients, it is imperative that you create these standard workflows and procedures, you know, from the discovery call to intake, onboarding, to performing work, you need to refine and establish these procedures. Even if you're still a one-man or one-woman show, make sure you're recording the processes and repeating them to perfection time after time. So having these standard procedures also is going to help you determine how your workload is balanced throughout the week as well as a one-man, one one-woman show. You want to systematize your workflow to handle an increasing number of clients from onboarding all the way up to engagement of work. Now, this might look like something in a project management system. I use monday.com. It's my favorite. But you really want to start writing these out. And I actually even encourage my attorney clients to do this as solos, even if they only have one or two people working in their firm or nobody. Just write them down because as you start hiring and bringing people in or identifying what you're doing on a week-to-week -week basis, where would be my best uh, hiring strategy at? Where's my best hiring strategy at? Do I want to hire a VA, Do I a virtual assistant? Do I want to hire a billing specialist, a bookkeeper, or what have you? The more you have these processes already established, you can easily delegate, you can maintain consistency client over client. Again, that's the biggest thing. We want to make sure we're perfecting our onboarding system, our experience, 
Your client's experience begins before they actually receive work from you or your company. The experience starts from that first scheduling before they've even talked to you. How easy did you make it for them to schedule with you? What was it like once they signed with you? Did you ghost them for a few days and they say, oh yeah, by the way, I'll, you know, we'll have this meeting X, Y, Z. Do you have these step-by-step? This is how many, you know, this is our standard. This is what we want our clients to experience. Um, and also just because I'm reading, I'm not reading, but I'm following a blog. I've been doing that. We're blogging and podcasting, right? Um, there is a client welcome packet I have available. It's a template that you use in Canva. Um, it's workable with the free version of Canva. So you can just, you know, go in there and utilize it. You want to make sure that you're giving clients uh, materials and information about working with you and, and a window into how this is going to go. You want to just keep repeating that amazing client experience because as you're scaling, you're getting more clients, you're opening the doors for more referrals, right? So every client you have should have a great experience with you, whether they sign with you or not. Um, also, when you send out those, you know, onboarding materials for like the client welcome packet or whatnot, that's actually marketing materials out in the world that might get shared to other attorneys. So make sure you have things like that have a really structured process and a systemization of workflow. Now, I'm not going to get into the nitty gritties. You guys are paralegals. You know how to build workflows. You know how to subtask and task within subtasks and subtask some more and really refine that and make sure it's repeatable. Again, as you scale into the multiple six figures, we're about to talk about that in a little bit about building a team. You're going to want to have an easy training process for them to come into your company and have a 30, 60, 90 onboarding expectation. Okay. The next is setting your competitive rates. So in business, setting your prices at a point where you're not completely out of the budget for the value you're providing, meaning, you know, you're charging your clients way too much money that they just cannot afford. Even if you were the best paralegal in the entire world, they just can't afford it. But you also don't want to be pricing too low where your perceived value decreases and your profit margins diminish. It's going to be something you need to evaluate year over year as your business evolves is those profit margins and your rates and that they're still competitive and that they're still allowing for a good pro healthy profit margin. So when I help my paralegals through their freelance paralegal business establishment, so this is where I'm, I'm taking a pause here and saying, you know, if you're not quite two six figures, listen to this and start it now. Start getting in these habits now so that you're well equipped and prepared and uh, workflowed into it once you get to the multiple six figures is to always make sure that your prices are falling in perfect balance that gives you room for growth. So many times paralegals are setting their prices way too low. That seems lucrative for them. Great. But they haven't quite, you know, gone through their business model establishment and saying like, this is ultimately where I want to scale my business. And is this rate going to be a lot in alignment with that eventual scale as I start building a team, if I'm going into the team group model, or as I start building an agency out into the agency model. So if you scale your business and it takes more money to manage that client list, even you know, you're a solo and now you want to hire administrative support or billing or bookkeeping or client relationship management or marketing. You're paying these people to work with your attorneys, even whatever that may be. You're requiring more systems and softwares, all of the above. 
you want to be sure you have room to do that and still make profit. Of course, we know 30% of 500,000 is going to be more than 100,000, but 10% of 500,000 is less than 100,000. So I know, you know, sometimes you do have to make less or takes money to make money and depending on your ultimate goals. But I don't know anybody in business that would want to scale and make less, right? That just doesn't make sense. That's backwards to me. So make sure you're scaling goals, your plans as you're laying them out, as you're planning your goals and your years and how you're going to get through each quarter and meeting those goals that you're looking at your profit margins when you have those rates and do this early on. Again, I'm taking a pause to talk about to people that maybe haven't gotten to six figures that don't have a huge client base yet. You still have the opportunity to reevaluate your prices because it is so very difficult when you say, oh my gosh, I just realized I set my prices way too low. I'm like 15, $20 way too low. If you approach your current client list and say, hey, I need to increase my prices $20, you are going to absolutely offend them. So you want to be very intentional. You know, if you already have these clients that are at your lower rate, keep working with them, keep servicing them, maybe slowly incrementally start to get them up year over year or every few quarters. But today, Look at your prices and make sure they are uh, in alignment for your scaling. Next is building a team. Uh, and while it's absolutely achievable to scale into $100,000 earnings as a solo freelance paralegal, I will say going beyond that is likely going to require a support system and or a team. Simply put, you will eventually run out of hours and your pricing can only be so high. So what I mean by that is Sure. I mean, if you definitely are amazing litigation paralegal and you're very specialized, you know, go back to my episode on paralegal career specializations and you're very specialized or you're a high level, you know, appellate brief writer or legal researcher or what have you. Sure. You can definitely get into the multiple six figures by commanding the 70, 80, hundred dollar an hour rates. But what I'm talking about here is as a solo, you, um, will need to build, even as a solo that's making all those all that money, you're able to scale without a team, you'll still need support on the administrative side. You'll need some form of team behind you. And that might not be full-time team. You might be fractionally creating your team, you know, fractional assistant, a fractional uh, bookkeeper, a fractional marketing assistant, what, what have you. You really want to understand that you're going to have to build a team of some sort around you to get into those multiple six figures. So even now, if you're not quite to six figures yet, be looking at your roadmap for what key point in time in your business you will start bringing in each next hire, depending on that business model. So if you're going to build a team, you know, okay, when I get to X amount of hours, I need to hire another paralegal. Once I get to three paralegals in that department, I need to hire a department manager Make sure you're really starting to analyze that and collaborate it again, going back up to your financials around it and making sure that you're able to, uh, you know, when you get to those scaling parts, you know, if you're, uh, I shouldn't even go that far because then we're going to get down a rabbit hole and talking in the millions and, and those things, trying, trying to prepare for that and where profit margins actually need to be based on what your business is making. Because yeah, it can shrink a little bit as you're making more and more money um, and still be okay and still increasing your earnings. But I don't want to digress here. So let's start thinking about building a team as you're getting to the six figures and beyond. And before you get to those six figures, start thinking about when you're going to bring a team and how you want that to look. 
And in the process or before that, in anticipation of that coming, start working on developing that network and educate yourself on best recruiting practices. If you're not going to hire somebody that recruits for a living, you really, or you're not naturally gifted at it, you're probably going to want to start developing and educating yourself on recruiting practices because people underestimate the power of a brand or business's reputation being shattered based on their recruiting practices. Um, negative press, negative pub, uh, opinion out there is negative opinion, whether that comes from the person working in your company or the client hiring your company. You want to make sure you're developing a good recruiting process to keep that image up and professional. Um, developing that network. So you already might know people or have a lead towards somebody that's going to be really game-changing that's recommended to you by somebody you know, like, and trust. That's huge. So think about building that team because scaling a business into and beyond multiple six figures is always going to begin and end with the people you hire and that are working in it. Now we talked about those growth issues. Let's start talking about implementing strategies for scaling. So what got you to 50 won't get you to 100. What got you to 100 won't get you to 300, so on and so forth for the rest of your business's scaling journey. So let's talk about a few things you'll have to consider throughout this journey. Number one, diversify or perfect your services. Now, disclaimer here, I don't want anyone on the brink of multiple six figures listening to this to go and shake up every service offering that has gotten them to this point. Obviously, you're doing something right to have gotten to six figures. You're finding a demand within your legal industry niche. You are connecting that to your ideal client or you would not be here. You would not be at the six figure mark. So don't go right, like shaking it all up and changing it. However, it's vital that you always evaluate the way you're delivering these services and or identify complementary services and products that can be added. So when I talk about the way you're delivering these services, is it in a scalable model? Is it in a way, and when I say scalable, that can be increased in volume very seamlessly, whether that's through hiring strategic people, that there's a lot of access to them out there. For instance, if you are the marketplace, the marketer, the only person doing the paralegal work, blah, blah, blah. everything is so center focused around you and doing the CRM and you don't have any procedures or processes listed, you're going to have a hard time scaling because you're delivering these services that are so dependent on you. So look at how you're delivering your services. And I, I, I'm going to get into the next one, which is automation and technology. This is sort of a segue. Are you able to package your services in a way that's easier for attorneys to consume and easier for you to deliver? Does it create more of a, hey, yeah, this is awesome. This is the missing piece to my practice. How can you deliver them in a, in a way that not only turbo charges the benefits the attorneys are receiving on their end and the seamlessness of the collaboration, but also helps you scale and repeat it, right? Repeat it over and over again. That's how we scale. Another way it looks like where you diversify and perfect these services is like packaging your products. So productizing, if you've ever heard that word, productizing your services. So productizing your services, I, I swear, I years ago, I spent hours trying to understand this concept. I'm like, what does it mean? What does it mean? You know, like the Miley Cyrus thing. What does it mean? Productizing your services can be as simple as creating packages of hours. You've created a product. 
buy this product. It's a package of hours. It's a product. So yes, you're still performing services, but you're packaging them. So, or turning them into a subscription product, right? A subscription package. So the more you can productize your services, and that's kind of getting into how you set your minimums, which I always encourage paralegals to set their minimums, but you can position it in more of a package type of service versus we just demand that you at least use this 20 hours a month. No, you can buy 20 hours from us per month, right? So that's creating a product around your service, which is more appealing and easier for you to sell in a way um, of saying like, hey, go ahead and buy this, these 20 hours worth of worth of product uh, services. This might look like adding physical or digital products that you commonly find yourself repeating for each client can be created once and sold over and over again. Maybe it's an educational course on, uh, maybe you're an expert personal injury paralegal and you want to create a course for law firms to train paralegals, right? You can scale in those ways as well. If you're finding commonly your client base is very uneducated paralegals, that might be a way to, to add some more products to your services. And, and here I want to make this very clear. It's not like you're ditching the freelance work, right? You're adding an additional product that not only complements your services, but it's establishing your brand and your business's authority in the industry. If you're a business that has paralegals that offer personal injury services, but you also have courses and products on creating other amazing personal injury paralegals, law firms can find... Does, does that not make you look even more credible, right? You're teaching other people to be amazing. You must be amazing. It might look like adding a new practice area that you frequently find your clients dabbling in as a complementary service to their firm. So for instance, family law will oftentimes add estate planning or personal injury will oftentimes add estate planning. Basically every practice area after, after business estate planning. You know, is there anything you can add to your company that is very uh, complimentary? You know, it might not be your area of expertise, but you might start branching off here, right? And if you go back into all my podcast episodes, I constantly talk about specializing and niching, niching yourself. Now we're still staying in a niche. We are still serving a very specific range of client or a specific client. We're broadening that specific client, if that makes sense. So we're adding more value to that specific niche industry we're serving. And that is how you start to scale and create more brand authority and business authority in your area. And as I said, I was going to tell you over in the perfect perfecting your services and, and how you're delivering them. Let's talk about automation and technology. So if you're begin, what I was saying, if your business begins and ends with you, it's only scalable to the extent you have the time for. So as we discussed those managing the workloads, um, before, you know, in the, in the first section, I talked about managing the workloads, creating processes, systems. You also within that want to be identifying ways you can start streamlining and automating those common administrative marketing, CRM or collaboration tasks. So Invest in tech tools that'll help you streamline the processes and improve efficiencies. You know, look at where you can start cutting, like cutting down on costs to keep that profit margin higher as you're scaling. Automate these repetitive tasks, free up time for higher value work. Your CRM, you should be automating. You should be putting people into email campaign funnels, um, email nurturing funnels, anything and everything you can automate, automate. The next is marketing and branding. So marketing and branding, as I always say, is a never-ending marathon. 
It's absolutely not a sprint. It, it's just, it never ends, right? We know this. There's not going to be a day where you wake up and arrive and say, I don't have to market anymore. If your goal is to continue to grow this business to as far as you can grow it, right? So, and even if you don't, I always talk about with solo paralegals, don't feel like you've arrived and you have your client list full and sit there, keep marketing yourself so that you're continuously generating new leads, whether you have to turn them away, get into a referral program, what have you, you should never shut off your marketing. You don't want to become obsolete. You don't want to become a ghost. You want to keep... Branding takes time because branding is an established, familiar feeling they get when they see your stuff. So they have to see your stuff a lot, right? So your main goal with marketing branding year over year should always be brand trust and awareness. And as you scale your business and go, and start going through growth pains, it's common for marketing and branding to take a back seat to the actual fulfillment and CRM of your existing clients. And if this is what you're doing, okay, let me repeat that. Marketing, as you start to scale, I made this mistake for a brief period of time. I was scaling. I had clients flying out of my ears out of nowhere. I stopped marketing because I just didn't have time. My priority was the actual fulfillment and the client relationship management of these existing clients that I had. I was not focusing on getting content out there, making appearances, continuing to develop my network because I was focused so heavily on what I had. And if this is you, that's a good thing. You're worrying about the clients that you have more than the clients you're trying to get. And that's one of the best business principles. We want to make sure that those clients in our business are having a good experience, right? So that's that's fine. I'm glad, I'm glad you've kind of let, or you are about to let marketing slip off of onto the back burner. But you want to stay consistent. You don't want to shut off your marketing. It's never a good idea. So to help with this dilemma and not sacrifice that fulfillment and CRM of your existing clients, make sure that you're developing a comprehensive marketing strategy that's complete with execution and accountability so that it never falls off of onto the back burner. So as you scale, you might also find additional resources to hire a marketing team, but make sure when you do that, your whatever you're hiring for fits in with what actually works for your business. So you want to spend the most resources in that effort. And here's a pro tip. Make sure from day one, if you're not to six figures or if you're to six figures now, wherever you're at right now, start doing it. If you haven't started a business yet, great. Do it right away when you start your business. Make sure from day one, you're tracking and gathering data from all of your marketing channels so you actually know what is working best. That way you'll know once you start scaling into that six figures and you want to keep pushing, you'll pump more resources into what's working best, right? You'll add more fertilizer to, to that section because you know what's working well. Those resources will be, uh, it'd be a great ROI, right? A return on investment. So next and last that I want to talk about when scaling from six to multiple six figures is financial management. Again, if you're not to six figures yet, you should absolutely apply these as standards in your business. Number one is track and analyze your finances. So as you scale, one of the most important things you can do for your business is track your financial data and analyze for forecasting adjustments needing to be made as well as future strategies. For instance, you should have a year-over-year P&L, a monthly and a quarterly P&L, profit and loss. You should be tracking this in detail in a spreadsheet. Nope, not, not enough to just you know run the report. In a spreadsheet, you should be tracking this in comparison for each year, each quarter, 
finding which percentage of your income comes from each quarter, each month, et cetera. This will help you to forecast your busy and slow seasons while you're scaling, as well as make adjustment to your profit margins as needed, keeping your business swimming and money in your pocket during those slow seasons, because that can be a business killer. If we're not forecasting for slow seasons, a paralegal might be running a business. Trust me, I've had this happen. And all of a sudden you hit your slow season and you might not know yet that it's your slow season because you only have financial data from one year or two years, or maybe you haven't even looked at that financial data, but they usually get it through that, you know, on a smaller scale. But once you get into the higher scale and you have more overhead, more team members, more people relying on you to pay them to keep really good people that you've invested all this time into, and you don't know when your slow season is going to be. And you think in your head, you might, but financially speaking, as far as, you know, sometimes it takes time for money to come in from prior engagements or what have you. When truly is your slowest season of cash flow? That will usually sink a business because they're not prepared when that slow quarter hits and, oh my gosh, our, our revenue's down 50%, but I got to keep these people working. Or, you know, I have XYZ softwares that I invested in because they're really great for our bottom line and getting more clients in and managing more clients. You want to make sure you're ahead of that. And the only way to do that is to truly know your finances. So use those accounting softwares to monitor your income, your expenses, your profits. And of course, self-employed plan for tax season, set aside a portion of earnings for business development. Make sure you are investing back in your business as well. And finally, I want to talk about seeking professional advice really quick, because one of the best and most important professional mentors you can invest in during the early stages of your business, scaling into the multiple six figures is a financial professional. Marketing professionals are great. Business development consultants are great. Obviously, lawyers are great and very much needed too, depending on where you're headed as it relates to risk in your business. However, nothing kills a business in their early scaling phases more than poor financial management. So we don't need to pretend to be financial gurus. I am not one. I mean, I've gotten a lot better through building my business and I have the proper spreadsheets and the softwares and the accountings to analyze and do all the math for me. But consider if you're really struggling in that category and you have the finances for it, consider investing in a fractional CFO, trusted accountant, or some other financial consultant to help you navigate the money side of growth, right? And to look at your business and say, we have some money sitting over here and year over year, you know, like to go through those things with you. So in conclusion, I want to just say scaling a freelance paralegal business to multiple six figures is going to require resilience, adaptability, and commitment to continuous improvement. Just like when you started your business, keep that growth mindset in forefront of your brain. Keep knowing and don't be discouraged as you find a plateau and you're like, maybe this is all I can possibly do. I don't have the resources. I don't have the business acumen to go beyond this. I think back to my original story of starting my freelance paralegal business, how long it took me to just build that confidence to do it because I didn't think I had the resources or the knowledge or the education to do it and do it well. So I stuck myself, you know, and I think a lot of people block themselves from getting to that multiple six figures for those same reasons, because it's a different, it's a different ball game, really. So just focus on laying a solid foundation, acquiring your clients strategically and consistently, overcoming growth challenges, 
implementing scaling strategies, and you can turn this freelance paralegal business into a thriving enterprise year over year. So stay focused, stay informed, celebrate each milestone. That's one thing I want to leave you with today. Celebrate every milestone on your path to success. Do not allow yourself to get so lost in the money and the success here in the, you know, the bigger picture success that you forget to celebrate the little picture success, the little milestones that get you to where you are. In the early stages of my business, I celebrated every new client I signed. I'm not saying I went out and like got hammered at a restaurant out to eat, you know, I celebrated in one form or another, whether that's internally celebrating, texting my husband, maybe I did pop a glass of champagne or had a glass of champagne at home if I signed a big one, right? Don't stop doing that. Don't stop doing that. Don't, yeah, don't stop doing that. Continue, continue to celebrate. You have to continue to make this fun and exciting and exhilarating or you'll get eaten alive by all the boring stuff in between, right? So. As always, I have resources for you. Um, If you're a paralegal that's scaling, a paralegal that's just starting, paralegal at six figures, whatever that may be, I have resources for you. Head over to paralegalmasterylounge.com. Something's relevant to this topic you might want to to take a look at is business model establishment. Um, You might want to, even if you are at six figures, you might want to take that course. It's it's an 80-minute webinar. Um, take that course to just to kind of look at the different types of business models and the strategy around scaling them. Whether you're there yet or not, it's always good to have the strategy so you can start executing towards those goals. So I talk about the solo business model, the team model, as well as the agency model, I believe I touch on as well at the end there. We also have marketing within the marketing cycles for freelance paralegals. That will help you start to learn how to diversify your marketing content as you do your content marketing, which obviously directly relates to your branding. Content marketing is what builds brands. Paid per click does not build brands, just so everybody knows. Content marketing builds brands. Providing value builds brands. Paid per click is great. If it gets you clients, that's great. But for longevity of your business, branding, you want to be focusing on every single day to some degree. So marketing within the marketing cycles for freelance paralegals is going to talk about branding strategies for each phase a person, a potential client might be in, which will help you diversify your content, but still stay on point, right? So we're talking to people in different cycles of your marketing where, you know, they're ready to hire or they're just gathering information or they're not ready to hire further beyond after hiring you or after engaging with you, how you need to continue to market to them. So those are some of the resources I have. I will be adding uh, a financial management tracking tool. So I'll let you guys know on the podcast when that does drop. A great spreadsheet that'll help you sort of add your revenues with the percentages to show you where most of your revenue is coming from each month. It's a really handy tool. Um, So just stay tuned for that because I'll be dropping that uh, soon here. All right, everybody. Thank you so very much for being a listener of the podcast. As always, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please feel free to leave us a rating if you're compelled Um, and reach out to me if you have any questions or have any topic ideas. All of my uh, mentioned courses are in the show notes below, as well as how to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, um, LinkedIn, drawing a blank. 
make sure you join our group on Facebook, Paralegal Mastery Lounge. And until next week, have great, great days ahead of you.